Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the best new host and podcast show, The Calling a Man's Answers Show, live every week. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform to stay up to date with the show. This is episode 52 with Adam Cole. Adam Cole is all film, no edits, and he's a creative rather than a photographer. He can be found on Instagram at Adam Cole Studios. Check it out. All right. Welcome back. Adam Cole, ladies and gentlemen. He was on episode, I don't know, early 20s. I think it was 22, maybe. I don't know. It was early 20s. That early? Wow. No, it was was early. Um, And... Now here we are, 50-plus in. Um, a lot has changed for both of us. Like we were just saying before we started, we were both in the midst of the pandemic, and now it's finally, hopefully, about to end. Um, the vaccine's been rolling out. A lot of people have been getting that. And um, I heard that like California is like, officially ending it in like, July or something, June. Uh, no, actually, the governor came out and said like by April 15th, if we meet all measures, we're going to end April 15th, which, I mean, it's kind of crazy to go from like super strict to like nothing. I mean, it's it's been a joke here. Uh, I mean, realistically, like I'm in Southern Orange County, so a lot of people really don't give a damn about about the coronavirus or anything, you know. But mm-hmm. things are opening up, like restaurants are open, indoor dining, uh, you know, bars are starting to open too. So I mean, it is what it is. I mean, mm. I'm just glad that it's going to be over soon. So that's good. Thankfully, I'm just so sick of wearing these masks, man. Like I wasn't really that annoyed at first, but then just like working out like football, it was so crazy. Cause like football, like practice and stuff, we ought to wear them. But then like games, like nobody was wearing them. Like no one, no, the refs weren't saying like the refs wearing them and coach wearing them, but the players weren't. And like, no one cared. Um, and it felt good. You know, it felt like how things should be, you know, we were like, after the game, we were talking to people, no one was wearing masks, except for the people who didn't play and stuff like that. And it felt like things were getting back to normal. And I really hope so, because I'm sick and tired of just like not being able to see people hang out with people. I'm very sociable. So like, I want to be around more people that the most people that I can be. So just like this year, that's been the shittiest part for me at least is like not being able to be around people, you know, and, and yeah. actually like see their faces. Like I feel like facial, like the way people move their fe- uh, facial features in the conversation is like pertinent to like how they're speaking to you and things like that. You know, well, it's just, uh, it feels like life's been on pause, you know, even though everyone's been pretty much working and doing their own thing. It's, it's like a lot of events have gone by where, you know, you kind of categorize the, the, the year by like events, you know, you have holidays, you have like certain concerts that are, that are around, you have certain like times when people go on vacation and it just feels like none of that happened. So like the year was kind of just like not, non-existent, you know, mm-hmm. just, like kind of just on a treadmill, like no, no, not really going anywhere. Yeah. I hope I get to travel here soon. My friend, uh, back home, he just like, cause he's been grinding solar and that's what he does. He sells, um, solar panels and he was grinding and he finally took a break with his family and went to uh, Mexico and he had like the time of his life. No one was wearing masks or anything like that. And I was like, dude, I want to go take a break and travel somewhere because like we were just talking before, I've been really grinding for the last four months. You know, it's, it's always good to grind for a while, but you need to take a break, you know, cause if you don't, you're going to be like, if you put too much stress on your body, even good stress, like your body needs a break basically, you know, yeah, you need to be able to like enjoy the fruits of your labor. You know, like it take, you got to take time to be like, Hey, let, let me enjoy why I've been working so hard. You know, you can't just constantly be in that mode of like, just grind, grind, grind. Cause you're going to burn yourself out. You know, mm. burnout is a real thing. You know, no matter what kind of space you're in, whether you're in like, you know, regular nine to five or, you know, creative space, you kind of just always need to take that little break here and there. So that way you can, you know, get back on track. I was telling somebody on these podcasts, I can't remember who, but like, you got to make sure that you're, if you're, especially if you're doing something creative and even if you like have a job that you like, you can't let it become like a nine to five in your eyes. You know, you got to always make sure that it's like what, like your passion. And if it starts becoming job, like take a break, you know, go on vacation, spend some time with your family, spend some time with, if you have kids, your loved ones, take some time and then get back to it. Because if you just keep grinding, 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 and you start to hate it, you start to build up this resentment for the thing you loved at one point. That's when it becomes dangerous, you know? That's, that's exactly what happened to me last year when I was shooting full time. Uh, it became to a point where like I hated paying rent with like the money that I had to make just to survive. And like just shooting became me going through the motions and not really like being creative or like trying new ideas. I was just like literally just chasing a check and shooting with everyone, uh, you know, that wanted to shoot because I needed the money. 
when a big component of my brand is like is kind of being like exclusive like i only shoot with a certain amount of people which is like really bad in this industry in like this day and age you know because everyone wants to be inclusive of stuff but like that's the harsh reality is i had to learn like i can't have this as like my main place to get my bread and butter because my whole brand is one on exclusivity and then two like i don't want to get burnt out of constantly doing it because then you know and it also happens so it's like an economics thing it's supply and demand you know if i if I'm diluting the supply of my photos out there, then it just, it's going to lessen the value of them overall. So, I mean, you have to find that like sweet balance. I mean, if you have the ability to do your passion and make it, make it something that, you know, funds your lifestyle then great. But also there's, there's a lot of times where it's doesn't have the ability to. Mm -hmm. I think you said something important too about um, you're not, you haven't really been able to be creative when it becomes in that state. I think that's important because um, you know, when you're stuck doing something and you don't want to do it, that creativity falls, you know? Um, I've always found like the most creative I've been with anything I'm doing is always been when I'm playing with it or I'm having fun with it. Um, I'm not really like doing it for anything. Like sometimes when, like when I first started this podcast, first early episodes, it wasn't really like, I didn't really have a structure to how I framed it. And I still really don't, but like now I'm like, I got this mode in my head that clicks on when I'm on it, you know, and I'm getting this zone. And so, but the times that I am doing an episode and I'm like in that mode where, where I started, where I'm just like free flowing and like having a good time, like almost like I'm not recording this for an audience. I'm just recording, just talking to a friend. That's when the best ones come out because I feel too structured. And I feel this with the, like this is with everything um if you feel like it's too structured and too like choppy almost and like blocks on blocks it becomes almost like non-creative so when you said that you haven't been creative when it becomes job like i totally agree because i feel like you have to let yourself get into that um flow mode that free flowing mode where you can just yeah. be free yeah that's definitely it i mean if you're it's like uh like remember you're in high school and you have to write a paper and you can't like, if you're, if you're trying to just bust it out, you can't think of anything. It's the same thing with like being creative. You know, if you just kind of sit in a room and try to think of like, Oh, I need to do this because I have a deadline. Like you're not going to create your best work. You're just going to put something out there to do it. But if you just have, you know, your own time, your own ability and just kind of just let things click or, or, you know, flow, however you, you like to create, then it's, you're going to create some of your best work at that point. Definitely. That's just me. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people work differently. I know there's people who like to work under pressure with certain things and I know people create in different environments, but uh, I think just for me personally, that's how I like to work, you know? Yeah. Um, there is something to be said about working under pressure. Sorry. Did you just hear that dog? <laughs> no, you're oh, no, I did. Yeah. Stupid dog. Hold on real quick. You're good. You're good. We're back. You were saying, uh, where were we? Uh, creativity. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone has their different ways of how they create me specifically. I just like to do it free flowing. A lot of the times, like, like with my shoot, when, when I shoot, um, some of the best ideas that I've ever had was just like, I'll get up and just be like, Hey, I'm an, I'll text someone. One of my friends, Hey, I have an idea. Are you free tonight? And they sometimes happen to be like the best shoots or, like one of the most memorable ones was I got a text in the morning from my friend Talia and she was just like, yo, I just had a dream. We have to shoot it. And I'm just like, okay, like, let's do it. And we planned it the next day. She, we, we did it. And it's like some of the most firework that we've ever done. But even like someone like her, like me and her just kind of create the best off of just like, just right off the cusp. Like one day she just came over with a, with a projector and we just like looked up images online and just projected them on a wall and just, you know, just went at it. Um, and that's just me personally. I think, I mean, obviously in different, different creative spaces or different jobs, you, there's people who create in different environments, but I think the most one, so that way you don't need to prevent burnout is just to have it be free flow. Mm -hmm. um, weird digression about something you said about dreams. Do you vividly dream or do you like have some sort of dreams or do you not dream at all? Cause I know oh, some I people. I dream like crazy. Like I could have a full on, like what feels like three hours of a dream, mm -hmm. like 10 minutes. Uh, I lucid dream all the time. I know. Really? I mean, yeah. Like I, I just, my, my dreams are wild. Absolutely wild. Especially like they go a lot with like my emotions and stuff too. They trigger memories a lot of the times. Uh, but I know like there's some people who like don't dream at all. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like what, how? You know? I think some of that is um, attributed to marijuana smoke. I know that for a fact. If the more people who smoke 
more weed, the less they dream. Cause I know some people who have quit. And then as soon as they quit, they started dreaming again. But also I think it does have to, I've always thought that it has something to do with like more, like the more creative that you are, the more you dream. Um, so I like, I'm just like you when I'm sleeping, dude, I can have these vivid dreams. Like almost every night I have at least two to three vivid dreams that I can remember. And then they like go away after I wake up. But I think it is driven a lot by your emotions too. Like, I feel like if I went to like a psychologist and like told them about my dreams, they could unpack what they meant and everything like that. But I think it is crazy to think that like you as a creative person, um, vividly dream like that. But to something you said about lucid dreaming, is it something like you try yourself to do or do you just go into it and you're like, Oh, I'm dreaming. Let's do this. You know, it's, it's kind of like one or one or it's it's both like i can go into a dream and be like okay let's try to lucid dream or whatever but there's a lot of the times where i'll be dreaming and then i realize that oh i'm in a dream right now we can now control it and it either happens one i'll wake up or two like i'll just deep dive into this inception type of world which is like really amazing and it's funny because like what you said a lot of people like they wake up and they forget their dreams i have dreams that i remembered when i that i had when i was like 15 i've had reoccurring dreams that happen like every so often especially like when when like something comes up in my life mm-hmm. the, the craziest thing and this is insane is is when i was 15 i told my dad this i told my dad because the truck that i drive used to was my was my father's before mine before you know he got he bought it off a lot and he passed it down to me but when i was uh when i was like 18 and i told him i was like i keep having this dream that i'm in the truck and the brakes don't work and I don't know what's going on. Like, I, it, like just the brakes don't work. And he goes, you know, what's crazy is I used to have that same dream, but I was in your grandfather's Monte Carlo. So that's something that I always thought was like super weird that me and my father have had the same types of dreams, just like different, you know, little switches. That's a testament to genetics right there. I think. Yeah. Um, that's kind of really strange. So, and I know they're, they're doing studies on like if, if traits are passed down through genetics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which they haven't they haven't proven, but I would I would like to see some more studies with you know dreams, genetics, personality traits, and things like that. I think that all that stuff's like super interesting to me. Hell yeah! It's, I if you're a human, all that shit should be interesting to you because you don't know anything about like we don't know why we dream. We still don't like because like evolutionarily, you wouldn't evolutionary, you wouldn't dream unless it was like positive for the human species. Like think about it. Like we wouldn't just dream or need eight to 10 hours of sleep every night if it wasn't for a benefit, you know? It would have just lost in the cycle of evolution. But since we do dream as this advanced human form, it's a testament to like why dreaming and, and um, sleep are so necessary. And I think one of the reasons dreams are necessary is because you can't remember everything and you can't deal with everything because life is really long. If you really think about it, like to learn something and to uh, think about and experience a day, it's a lot for one brain. So I think the night is like figuring out what's like positive, what you're dealing with, the problems you're having, the good things, trying to formulate it um, into like, you know, fixing it. And that's just a byproduct of it is um, experiences. Cause that's the only thing we really know is experience. I mean, I think just unpacking the subconscious is, is something that is just so wild to me because it's so unexplored. Um, and especially with like sleep patterns and sleep rhythms and, and dreams and REM sleep, because they always tell us like, oh, you need eight hours of sleep. And then there's some people who can live off of four hours of sleep and they're just like insanely productive people. And then they're looking at history and they show like before the light bulb was invented, people would go to bed as soon as the, as soon as the, as soon as the sun went down, they'd sleep for like four hours, get up for an hour and do something like when the moon is at its highest point and then go back to sleep. So they see that in some cultures they see um, in other like ancient civilizations too, that they did that where they would sleep like only four or five hours and then just go back to it. Um, and then now like, they don't really even know how many hours we should really be sleeping, you mm-hmm. know? And is it, is it eight hours from the time like we're in REM sleep to the time we wake up? Is it 10 hours from the time or, you know, the time we hit the pillow to the time we wake up or like what, what is necessary? What's that, that yeah. magic number that's going to give us rest, you know? I think the important thing, a lot of it is this keeping the same schedule, regardless of what you do. Um, so the circadian rhythm, not fucking up the circadian rhythm. Um, because they always say like, you can really like 
like depression, anxiety increases if you mess up your sleep schedule, if you're not on a constant sleep schedule. So even if you go to bed at 3 a.m. and you wake up at 8, most days wake up at 8, you know? Um, And that's a testament too. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever been on a sleep schedule where like you're going to bed pretty early and you're waking up pretty early and then you're like, oh, I can sleep in and you wake up at the time you usually wake up and you can't fall back asleep. Um, I think that's a testament to your circadian rhythm because um, your body's like, nope, we're up. And sometimes you're even like, Maybe you slept like three hours, but you're like awake. And I think it's your body's like pumping out serotonin, waking you up or um, cortisol. That's the one that wakes you up. Um, ready for the day, you know? Uh, I'm kind of different. I mean, I, I take a lot of naps, uh, I mm. think, throughout the week. Like I'm a person who can take like a 10-minute nap and get up and go to the gym. Uh, but my, my mother's like that too. And then like there's people on my other side of the family, like my dad. He, he goes to bed at a certain time and wakes up like he's got an internal alarm clock to where he'll wake up before his alarm clock like every day. Um, but me, I mean, I have like a certain sleep schedule that I kind of keep to it. I mean, it'll either be, I get like around five to four hours of sleep maybe a day or during the week, but then maybe on like a Friday, Saturday ish, I'll get like a full eight hours. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that's bad. That's just how my body I feel runs best. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm, that I'm working a lot more, I don't sleep in as much as I used to. I mean, I used to, when I was a teenager and everything, younger i would sleep sleep all the time but now i feel as i get older like i'm getting less and less sleep but i feel a lot better though you know yeah and you know as as we get older as people i feel like we understand that we got to maximize our time awake because it's so valuable to use every moment that you have awake doing something productive or doing something you need to do um like i always think like I got to get up early because there's a, that, if you wake up at 10, right? There's somebody that wakes up at six, four hours grinded more than you are right there. And think about like, I'm on the West Coast. Like you, so are you. Think about the East Coast. The stock market opens at seven. That's 4 a.m. over here. That means if you wake up at 10, that's six hours of people grinding in the United States alone with you being asleep. Well, it's, it's kind of weird because my friend showed me this like, inspirational video or whatever it was on tiktok or something but it was the guy said like choose your hard he's like it's it's hard to to get up early in the morning be productive go to work do all that and and you know get through the day that's hard but it's also hard to wake up at noon feel unproductive throughout the day waste your whole day away and then not have done anything that's also hard and it goes dude i've been like living by this for weeks now because it goes with like with everything it's hard to get up and go to the gym. It's hard to eat healthy and eat a fucking salad. It's hard to, you know, take care of your health and everything. But what's also hard is eating junk food, sitting on your ass, doing nothing. And then later in your life, getting diabetes, getting high blood pressure, taking medication. That's also very hard. So what would you rather do? Choose your heart. Would you rather do the work now, go to the gym, be healthy. So you're healthy in the long run. Or would you rather slack off and eat the pizza and eat all that junk so that way you're you're feeling like shit in your old age, you know? So and and, and like it's not just that, it's like with work. Grind it out later so you can enjoy enjoy it later, you know? Being financially responsible is hard. But also being broke when you're in your forties because you weren't financially responsible in your twenties is also hard. Mm-hmm. You know? So just like any line of work or anything you want to apply it to, you can. And it's just been it's kind of like changed my life in this past couple months because it's been so, so great for me. You know, I'm, I'm choosing, choosing what's, what's the best place to be hard. And that's, that's what I enjoy. Kobe Bryant once said he was quoting his teacher, but it was like rest at the end. You know, you can rest when, when you're old or you can rest when you're dead. Rest at the yeah. end. Grind yeah. now. You have every day to grind is right now. You know, well, I mean, everyone says sleep when you're dead, you know? Yeah. Real life. Yeah. I mean, you need sleep. Don't, don't not sleep because you'll die. Um, get a little bit of sleep at least, but grind, yeah. don't sleep too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I think you have a good mindset about, uh, about that because, you know, humans are very adaptable. Like, so what you're saying is like, life is hard, um, regardless of what you're doing, you're going to have, you're going to struggle. You're going to have your internal angst. You're going to have all that stuff, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of if you're sitting there slacking off or if you're grinding your ass off, but choose it, you know? Choose your own sacrifice. Choose what you want to do with your life. Choose if you want to be a slack off and jerk off and just waste your life away, just jerking off and laying in your bed all day, do that. But if you also want to 
get up, grind, say, I know this is going to suck, but I'm going to do this one day so I don't have to one day. That's also your choice. You get to choose what life you have. It's just if you're willing to risk it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about being human is we get to choose our own destiny. I mean, obviously geographically has to do with a lot of it. We're blessed Americans. So we get to choose these things, but I mean, you know, in, in life, there's always going to be someone who has it harder than you. So at least choose what, what's going to be hard for you, you know? So that's a good way to think about it. Choose what's going to be hard for you. Um, um, so I always think about it like this. So if you're a normal American, you're going to have these struggles that you go through tragedy that you just are not ready for, you know, but be the man who's reliable when those things happen or be the woman that's reliable when those things happen, you know, cause there's going to be people around you that are experiencing the same thing, whether it's a death of a loved one, loss of a job, you know, um, a breakup, there's going to be people around you who are experiencing the same things. Be the reliable person when those things do hit, you know, be the Noah who has the ark when the flood hits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of opinions I have on that. Uh, you know, when it comes to tragedy, it comes to depression and, and, uh, you know, things around you, like, yeah, everyone experiences some of these things. Everyone, everyone is, has, you know, different devils and different levels. But when it comes to like, you know, things that are tragic, unfortunately they are tragic, you know, loss of a loved one, being depressed, things of, things of that nature, but you can't dwell on it for so long because my time on this earth is, is so small and so minute compared to the history of the world that I really don't have time for those things. So like when a breakup happens, I don't have time to, to sulk on it. I only have time mm-hmm. to better myself. So that way the next person that comes along for me gets the better, get, become, gets my better self mm-hmm. you know, than I was for that person previously. You know, I can only better myself and, and improve in the long run. If, if a loved one passes away, yeah, that's tragic. Yeah, that's upset. But I'm, I'm not sure that that loved one would want me to be depressed and sulk and waste my life mourning the loss of them. The best thing I can do for that loved one is to live my life to the fullest for them. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to depression, whether it's an emotional thing, a chemical imbalance, uh, you know, anything that might be, you know, medical or whatever, whether or not we are going to have down days. And, and, you know, obviously I can't speak on it because I'm not a medical professional. If it's a chemical imbalance, like go, go seek help, go do what you need to do. Uh, but if it's something where you're just sad, are you depressed or does your life just suck because you're not, you're not improving your lifestyle? Yeah. Focus on things that are going to make you not focus on how sad you are. You Mm -hmm. can't focus on yourself if you're doing, you can't focus on your depression if you're too busy doing calculus homework to go get your your PhD, whatever. You can't focus on your depression if you're working out and trying to build yourself a better, a better, healthier, stronger body. You can't focus on your depression if you're being creative and having a a specific outlet in what you're Mm -hmm. doing. You know, just keep those gears moving so that way you can put the stuff that you don't like into the back of your mind. And, you know, I think, so, yeah. I think that's important for a lot of people who are sad, you know, um, if you're sad, take a look. Um, and if take a look at the five categories of life, loved ones, hobby, um, are you in a stable relationship? Um, do you have a social life and do you have a job? Are you making money? You know? Um, and if you don't have three of those, get your life together. You know, the unfortunate thing is, and I've struggled with this in my life too, is that when some people have those, like this might be a chemical imbalance, might just be genetics, might be a lot of things. When a lot of people have those things and they're still depressed, that's when it's really sad because a lot of those people, because depression's so, it's so weird because it's like, especially if you have anxiety too, because it's like me and you, um, in our lives or, or, or people when, you know, when they're not experiencing this, cause I have experienced this, um, still do to a certain extent, but when something happens, you're like, all right, that sucks, but I still got all this, you know, that's what, how you, you like, that sucks. You think about it for a while, you're like, fuck, but then you, something good happens and it's, you're right back to being a person. But for people who are depressed, it's like something bad happens and it's just another reason to jump off a bridge, you know? And that's the shitty part is because you can't really, it, when when you have when you're in that mindset, it's really hard to get people out of it, and it's really hard to get them to get help, you know. And so the thing I always say is like, if you are sad, take make sure you look, right. And if you don't have any, three of the five in order, get your shit together. That's you 
you can fix those things. You can fix relations. Not all the time can you fix relationships with a family, but most people can. Not all the time can you go out and like go on dates and things like that, but most people can. Not everyone can have a job, but most, you know what I'm, you, you see the trend. If you're the average person, you can get those three out of those five in order. But if you have three out of five of those in order and you're still sad, that's when you got to go see help. Because if you're, if you're sitting there and very small, minute things are happening to you and you're still like, why am I even here? Why do I exist? That's when it becomes the tricky part, you know? I think you have to get in like kind of out of your, you have to have an out of your body experience and kind of look at yourself as a whole as we're, as we're coming into, you know, the future, the 2021, we're seeing a lot of the things are social constructs and, you know, whatever your opinion is on gender, sex, Mm -hmm. ideology, men, male, female, feminism, masculinity, whatever it is, we're seeing that a lot of it is social constructs and it is, but you also have to look into other things that, that we also are lacking. Like, you know, happiness I learned is only a new age idea that's only come along in the past, like two to 300 years. No one really gave a shit if you were happy 200 years ago. No one gave a shit if you were sad 200 years ago because everyone was busy surviving. Mm-hmm. So if you find that yourself are still sad, depressed, you know, whether it's a chemical imbalance, whatever, I think maybe you need to, you need to give yourself to something more than you. You cannot focus on yourself. There's other thing that needs to be improved in this world. Like I had a friend who she was constantly sad. She didn't really like her family. She got out of a really bad breakup. She got, she had her degree, you know, and she was going to go get her master's, but she wasn't sure if that was going to be, you know, satisfactory to her life. Now she works with the Peace Corps. She goes around Africa. She goes to India and she's helping other people that don't necessarily have the resources by either giving them, you know, medical treatment. She's teaching around the world. She's giving her life fulfillment by giving her life to someone else. If that makes sense. It does make sense. She's, she's reaching out to other people and giving them something she necessarily couldn't find. Uh, she's giving her life purpose. That's what she is. She's giving her life a purpose. You know, sometimes people aren't necessarily meant to be in society. You know, people aren't meant to be in Los Angeles to become a YouTuber. People aren't meant to become models. People aren't meant to become CEOs. Sometimes you have to give your life purpose by doing something else that's going to make you feel good. We live in a society now that, that gratification is, is a major thing that we need to have. And it's unfortunate because a lot of us are not built for that. A lot of us aren't meant for this social uh, society that we need to fall into a puzzle piece. Of, and that's why people feel depressed. That's why people aren't feeling fulfilled is because they don't feel like they fit along in society. So sometimes you need to branch out and see if, hey, maybe the society thing isn't me. Maybe I need to go live in Alaska and you know, live in the wild. Maybe I need to go kid, teach kids in Ghana who don't know, you know, don't have the necessary resources that I have. Maybe I need to do ocean preservation in Australia and help people there. You know, you need to give your life a purpose. And I think that's, yeah, that, that's, that's what's going to help people with their, you know, feeling of, you know, despair, I guess. Yeah. Um, starting this podcast changed my outlook on everything. Like I went, when I started this, it was just, obviously bullshit. I told you that. And then as it's grown, it's become like such an important part of my life that like I, when I go without it for a while, it like, I feel the whole, you know, um, it's turned into one of my creative outlets and I love it. Uh, you know, I'm glad that I fell into this, whatever you want to call it, because it's like, you know, it is its own creative outlet. I, I know you can feel it. It's very different than just a normal conversation. It has a certain, certain feel to it that you don't get unless you've done it before and um and so like days where i go on and especially days where i feel like it's a crushed episode you know i have those all the time and i just have that like it just feels like i fulfilled what i needed to do you know what i need to do and so i feel like it's given my life purpose and obviously i have a whole bunch of other goals that i'm um you know, I'm going to strive for in the future, but like just finding this is definitely, it's definitely one of those things that's giving me, giving me purpose right now. That's good. You see, yeah, you're finding a fulfillment in your life. You know, you're feeling that void or whatever you might've had with a creative outlet. And not only that is like, you're reaching out to people to see what their purpose is or what they feel their purpose is or, you know, and and what their creative space is. So it's like, you're building yourself your own network of fulfillment, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's the main part of it is like talking to people who feel like, who like are so passionate about something that I have 
you really nothing like about, you know, I know nothing about it. Like I've talked to psychedelic artists. I've talked to um, a virologist, a neurovirologist. We talked about COVID and viruses and things like that. I've talked to painters. I've talked to you. I've talked to fighters. I've talked, you know, I've talked to a whole bunch of type of whole different type of people now. And it's like, you know, just seeing other people's outlook on life and, you know, becoming friends with people through this and everything. It's really, it's really been an interesting because it's like it really gives me a new outlook on life because it makes me see that like everybody is like a let me say this in a way everybody is like a unit of measurement and i mean like everything's connected like you are in a network of the entire world like everything is really connected and it makes me think that like the universe is all connected you know i feel like everything kind of happens for a reason but everything doesn't happen for a reason and I know that's fucking weird for me to say because it doesn't really make sense. But like everything, no matter what happens, basically, it happened. And something's going to change and something's going to form from what happened. But I agree that it was meant to happen. You know, Regardless of your decision-making, whatever you decide to do, that's what the way life is going to go. And it's all going to cause and affect the way that everything works. Do you understand what I'm saying? I got into a weird metaphysical area. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's giving you something to believe in and, and it kind of goes like, I'm a, like lately I've been a big proponent of energy and, you know, good energy is only going to get you, you know, far, like I'm only surrounding myself with people with good energy and it sounds corny to say, but you know, everyone's about, Oh, good vibes and good, you know, good, this good, but like energy is a big thing to me. If I'm coming into a room and this person has high energy, great emotion towards me, Oh, I want to. Uh, oh, how's it going? What's going on? What are we doing today? We're creating. We're doing this. That's great energy. I'm gonna feed off of that. But if someone's coming at me very negative, no, I don't want to do this. No, no, this, no that. No, I'm not comfortable. Like that's not that's not good energy. That's gonna make me close up and shrivel. You know. And I'm also coming into the fact of like, does the earth give us energy? You know. And it does. When you're in nature, when you're going on a hike, you feel good. You know. When you go dancing in the rain, that feels good. You know, that's the, the earth giving you energy. And it's just, you know, you got to find that energy wherever, you know, and, and, and people are like, oh, that's not real. Oh, that's, and it's, and immediately when they say that's not real, that's, that's, that's false. You're believing in a false, whatever, that's immediately negative energy to me. You know, I mean, with anything, you know, whether it's religion, energy, vibes, astrology, you know, believe in something, you know, like you said, where. We're all here for a reason. You know, the, the universe is all connected. It's, it, you know, we might not know it yet, but eventually we will find the answers. It's just, why not believe in something until we, we can find those answers, you know? But yeah, back to what you're saying about um, good vibes and feeling. I was telling someone this the other day, I can't remember who, but I was just like, like I always want to be that positive force when I go into something, you know, because positive energy, just like negative energy is attractive, you know, ne um, yeah. negativity or cynicism brings company, but also positivity does too. You just feel better when someone's just great energy. Um, yeah. And it just makes you like, want to like smile and just have a good time. Like I'm always a big runner when things go wrong. I feel like you should be the person to be like, Hey, we still got this. We still got this and make people feel better about situations, you know? Exactly. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather give off good vibes and, and be positive than, you know, be negative. I mean, cause where, where's negativity going? You, you know, not really anywhere. You're not really going to move. You're not going to get your wheels moving with negative energy. Mm -mm. So I'd rather, I'd rather at least try and be positive than, than try and be negative. Cause it's going to take, it's, it's easy to be negative. If, again, choose your heart. It's easy to be negative, but in the long run, it's hard because you're going to have no one want to be around you, but mm -hmm. it's hard to be positive, but you're going to get better things out of it in the long run. You know, so choose your heart. Smile three times a day. Bet you feel better. Every, every listener out there, if you're just, if you're in a negative mindset, I get it. Smile three times a day. I bet you feel better. Literally, just, just smile. Just make yourself smile. Even if you force yourself to smile, you'll feel better. Guarantee it. Um, but let's talk about you for a little bit. We've been just talking and I mean- I know, we always ramble. I love it though. I know, I know I did too. Nobody, uh, I mean, not nobody. I have grown my listeners. So if people haven't listened to episode 20 or whatever it was and don't know who you are, just talk about yourself for a little bit, who you are, what you do, things like that. Uh, my name's Adam Cole. Uh, I'm a- content creator, creative, 
photo taker, photographer, a little bit of everything, advice giver, uh, proponent of positivity and uh, female empowerment, I guess you could say, but not really. I don't know. Uh, I'm a little bit of everything. I, I, at the end of it, I think I'm starting to become more of an entertainer on my page. Uh, but I'm trying to be a little bit of everything. Uh, I just I just released my first photo book. I'll actually let me, let me grab it. I have a copy here. Yes, please. So it's my first photo book. Uh, it's a collection of all my Polaroids. So it's just it's me on the front and back. Uh, it's called it's it's a collection of all my Polaroids of all my shoots for the past two to three years. It's called, we'll see how things develop. Because uh, if you know me, um, I shoot 100% on film. No editing, no nothing, just all old school analog format. Uh, so that's what I'm very proud of, the fact that I do. And, you know, in a digital age that we live in, I'm still very old school with it. It's still very, uh, still, still very vintage. You know, everyone loves those vintage vibes. And, and I think my film does it. But on top of that, I, I do it in a creative manner to where, uh, you know, it's not really explicit. It's not really... Uh, pornographic but it's still very edgy it's still very edgy still very sexy still very um, female empowering I guess you could say because it's not very it's not it's not objective it's very subjective kind of kind of work you know uh, you know obviously women are my main subjects of my photos but it's not objectifying them in any way so uh, I'm very proud of on that front and I think especially because in the, in the industry that I'm in, whether it's modeling, fashion, photography, I don't like to call myself a photographer because, you know, a photographer just takes pictures at the end of the day. But for me, I'm doing everything. I'm creating, creating, a, cr- creating a shoot, directing the shoot, taking the photos, getting the photos, de- uh, getting the film developed, and then presenting them. So it's, it's a whole, you know, production value that I bring. It's not just me inviting someone to come shoot and say, okay, do your thing. I'm just going to take the pictures uh, because I think that's very boring. That's very bland of someone. I think if you're going to get into any type of industry, whether it's creating, um, you know, fashion or modeling, Wayne away. Are you hitting something right now? Oh, are we good? Yeah, you're good now. You're just hitting. I think you were like covering up your speaker. Oh. Uh, if, you're, if you're going to be getting in the industry, like stop shooting with, with people who are, just there to take a photo hmm. start shooting with people who are not only going to accelerate your creativity but bring something to your platform so like a lot of people come to me now because and i was, I was going to talk about this on my story i don't i know i don't have the best photos i know my photos are not the greatest they're not in advertisements they're not this but people come to me for not only how to learn how to shoot or learn how to model because I know how to direct people, but they also come to me for advice. They also come to me like, where should I take my career? What's my niche? What's this? You know, I'm, I bring the whole, whole package. I mean, one of the best things that I had was uh, a girl came to shoot with me on a test shoot and she was like, you know, she, she came to shoot. She got great photos for her portfolio, but she came because her friend was like, Hey, my, my friend came and told me just to ask questions on how I can get in the modeling industry. And four months later, she calls me crying because she's she got signed to Storm Models, which is the sister company of Elite, which is like tremendous, a tremendous modeling agency. So I thought that was like really cool. But um, yeah, that's that's me, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, dude. I I mean, I would definitely call you um, a proponent of women empowerment for sure, one hundred percent. But also, yeah, I like how you're not holding yourself to one one sphere of life uh, i like how you're branching out you you want to maybe be a mentor you want to um give advice you want to lend positivity you want to be like an, kind of an entertainer you just released your first photo book you, you have all these areas where you can succeed and especially since you're not limiting yourself to one specific area um that's perfect you know so i really like that um so what do you like? What is your job exactly? Like you said, you have a full time job on top of uh, everything else you do. So, what exactly is your job? Uh, I don't want to talk too much about my day job because I don't want people looking me up and shit. Yeah. But uh, I'm in the financial sector. Uh, I have a federal license, so I can't get in trouble anymore uh, with that. Uh, but I that's that's what I'm in. So I have a day job where you know I wake up and I have clients and I have a normal kind of like nine to five. Uh, job that I just I just got back into like a couple months ago, 
Um, and then after that, it's when I schedule my shoots or I schedule stuff on the weekends. Um, you know, I have a, I have a ton of content laid out so that way I can, you know, I can relax a little bit mm-hmm. and just get together my books and, and things like that. I mean, I, I got back to the day job cause I was telling you, you know, I was getting burnt out of shooting every day. I was shooting like six days a week. Uh, you know, four of those days would be for girls who have only fans. Another four would be, or, you know, the other ones would be for like agencies and content and brands and stuff like that. And eventually it kind of just got, you know, just got repetitive for me. And I wasn't like, it. I wasn't feeling fulfilled, um, especially just taking photos for like Instagram just wasn't like fulfilling me anymore. So um, plus it was like the middle of the pandemic and I was like, okay, well, I, I, if I can't travel to work, there's no point in like shooting full time. I might as well go back to the day job. And that's why I re-upped my license and, and now I'm, you know, back into doing that. But as I release my books, uh, I'm getting full-scale prints made so I can start submitting them to galleries and things. Oh, wow. I think I, think I might make the push to like go full-time again with like the creative space, but I don't think it'll be shooting full-time. I think I'll do like more consulting or uh, art shows, something like that. As the world's opened up, there's obviously going to be more opportunities for me to work with different people. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see where that takes me. But right now I'm just focusing on, like I'm still riding the wave of this book. Uh, I'm going to be releasing another one very soon and I'm going to try like for the summer, just have like a book every month. So by the time that like December rolls around, there's a couple big art festivals that are art shows that I would like to build enough hype to where I get invited to uh, showcase in those. And if I have the ability to showcase those in the end of the year, then it's, you know, it's game over. The sky's the limit. You know? So hopefully I won't have to be working the day job till then. So, yeah no i well, think that's awesome man what were you yeah say? i mean i mean i have i have plans and goals laid out i just don't necessarily know how i'm going to climb that ladder yet quite yet but things are in the work you know so when it happens hopefully it does i'll be able to show it and hopefully i'll be back on the show and when something yeah. else big happens. definitely we'll be back on the show hopefully we can do this in person hopefully if you ever come up to vegas um anytime and during any of the uh summer months Hit me up, bro. You can always come back. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in Vegas a lot. I mean, Vegas is fucking home to me because uh, I'm a degenerate. But yeah. um, I have a friend who just moved out to Vegas. She's always wanted me to come out there. Uh, and so I think um, I'm going to be going sometime soon. Yes. Please come come that. down and sit. Sit. Let's let's do this face to face. Now yeah, we, we have yeah. this has been these these have been great, but I think we'd get a lot out of the, the in-person ones, um, especially by then. I think I should have somebody um a assistant or something who does my filming for me been working on that for a while now that's why zoom has been so so helpful for me um during the pandemic and everything because it shoots the video for me and records the audio for me but now as i start to build start to get more more and more credit start to get more and more fans the audio is just so much better in person so once i get that person who can be that that young jamie from the um (laughs) joe rogan experience i that will Help me so much. But yeah, bro, um, when are you releasing your second book and what is it going to be called? Um, that one's going to be a mini series. I think the other ones are going to be mini series. I mean, they're all going to be called, we'll see how things develop. But like this one's the instant film. The The one after this is going to be the gallery. And, and there's actually, a, it's this is going to be another three books, but the other two micro series, I guess, is Just Add Water and... Um, I have another one, but I haven't titled it yet. So nice, man. Uh, just that water one's going to be really exciting because um, it's, I mean, it's just water. So there's a lot of water involved, but I think that one's one of my cool ones because I use a special type of film a lot for that that kind of yeah. work. And um, it, it's going to be, it, it looks all the same, but it's, I don't know, it's just really interesting. And there, and and the shoots I did for that ones are always very fun. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny because I thought last summer was like when I was going to close out the. Uh, kind of close out stop to stop shooting for that book but more people keep asking me like hey can i do this type of shoot can i do this type of shoot like and it just falls in line with what the book is about so uh we'll see they're all they're all in the works they're going to be smaller like i mean i mean they're going to be bigger in format but they're going to be smaller in page length and and this is hardcover um but the other ones are going to be soft cover so it'll be more of like magazine kind of esque nice bro no yeah that's that was weird. I had a little bit of delay. Um, no, that's, that's fascinating, man. I'm glad you 
you know, you can tell when someone has like this goal in their eye and they have like that lion stare, you know, and you get the like that, like, I could see you like look at like when you were talking about it, like seeing, you know, your future out. And so that's really cool because I feel the same way, you know, when I get, when I think about what I want to do with this show and just things in my life, I get this little like twist, you know, and I get this little like, I want it, you know, and I think that's one of the greatest things about being an American is that we can the sky is the limit you know especially in any any domain you know we're privileged enough to be americans so might as well make the most of it yeah i mean definitely i mean i think the only person that prevents you from doing something is you in the end in the long run you know uh you know whether whether no matter what your area of expertise is you know just grind at it i mean even for me it's 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 it's, it only gets harder because we live in a digital age and i'm I'm taking the, the the hardest way to take a picture and turning it into something, you know, something that's severely outdated. Um, I'm releasing tangible items, you know, like a lot of people, yeah, they have great photos, but they don't have books out. They don't, they're not releasing um, anything like, and you know, and when I, when I send out a book, like I personalize it, I'm signing it. I'm putting a note in there for everyone that buys it. Uh, a lot of the big names who are out there that are selling like prints and stuff, they have like a third party, uh, company that just like prints it out and ships it to that person, which I think is so impersonal as an artist, you know, like as, as an artist of what I do, the most personal thing I can do is like, you know, hand sign something that I'm delivering or like, it's like, you know, that's like the closest thing I would say to, to like, if I was a musician hosting a concert in like a private venue, mm. you know, uh, I'm just trying to get closer to the people that support me. And, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, pump out a ton of uh, prints or anything or like devalue my work you know yeah i'm selling books and yeah i'm doing it but it's it's a it's just to get my name out there and so people can actually you know hold a copy of my work and like the prints that i am making i'm making them full scale like they're going to be you know bigger than the wall behind me so that way i can submit them to a gallery and actually i can tell people like hey my my work is in this gallery on ocean avenue like go check it out it's hanging up there you know, send me a picture of you looking at it, you know? So I think that's, that's something that's going to be very cool. Tangible work is something that's, that's going to, I feel is going to come back in this age. Um, you know, like newsletters, catalogs, things. I mean, and it, and it goes with, with anything else. Like think of like a fashion brand. Yeah. They could have a website, but what if you got a catalog delivered to your house that you could flip through and look at the clothes. How much more inclined are you going to be to buy that? I think yeah. rather than going to a website, they're going to say it's going to bring a bunch of pop-ups of buy this and it get 15% off. But if I was to receive a catalog of different jackets that I could buy, dude, I'm going to order, I'm going to order. One. I don't know. For me personally, I'm ordering one, you know, um, if, and say with you like podcasting, what if you got your, your FTC license and you could broadcast on a radio station out in the middle of Las Vegas of the desert. Yeah, that'd be dope. You know, that's something that I think is really cool and something you might want to look into because how many people are opening up radio stations these days? Siri, Sirius XM, you know, any, anything. I think that'd be insane. Uh, you know, a lot with, with websites that are getting flooded like YouTube and, and Instagram, it's hard to really, really navigate them anymore. But I think that's why tangible items are going to start to come back. This analog wave of, of things is going to make a resurgence. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. About yeah. Well, well, also NFTs too. Do you know what NFTs are? Yeah. Which is, which it's, is kind of weird. It's like tangible, non-tangible um, items, but it's like your own personalized. It's like artwork. It's like digital artwork, that's, but you buy it and it's just yours. It's crazy to think about how things can like be like digitalized, but be personalized. And I think that's going to blow up like with NBA top shop um, where they like do like NBA and you can buy NBA highlights, like the premier NBA highlights of games or like the, the full game, like you can buy it and it can be just yours. Like that's insane to me. Like, cause we always thought about, okay, maybe you can get a Jersey, maybe you can get some shoes, but now we're thinking, Oh wait, we can get the full game clip or we can get the, the highlights. I think it's just going to be another level of things you can, like a consumerism basically. Well, what I, what I heard what's going to happen is this is, it's on a small scale now of buying these like non fungible tokens. Um, and eventually because we're moving into a virtual reality world, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, what you want to do. There's people who are not only going to have, uh, you know, 
virtual art, but they're going to have virtual homes that they build in a virtual world. And then this virtual home that you have, you can have this non-fungible token on your wall so you can display it in your non... In, so you can you can display your virtual art in your Whoa. virtual home in your virtual life. So, I mean, obviously this is years out, but on one side, this is really cool for like gamers and people in that world. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's also very not cool for people who are like yo just go live your life if you want to yeah. go build a house if you want this i mean yeah it's 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 cool it sounds cool on paper but in the reality you have to think about it where is your life at in reality that you have to build a virtual home to have virtual art does your life suck does your is your life boring what's going on around you that you need a virtual life to fulfill yourself the problem is is going to be if too many people get attracted to it, it's going to make everybody get attracted to it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, that's that's where the world's going. I mean, it's it's scary. I think there's 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 going to be a there's going the worlds are going to collide to one point where uh there's going to be a revolution in regards to that. People are they're either going to make it so there's restrictions so we can't go into that that side of the world or we're going to be fully accepting into it and it's going to mm-hmm. cause more problems, you know? Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll be in our elderly years or not even here anymore when that all happens. Yeah. You know, man, I, we're, we're in a, me and you are in a weird space cause we're young enough to understand technology on a high level, but we're also old enough to like understand at one point there wasn't like we, we, we were like the first people to like really like, like we weren't the kids who had iPhones since like they oh, were yeah. three. Like my first you know? electronic was a Game Boy. Yeah. You know, I, I played the PS2 for so long, man. Dude, you know what's funny? The life of the PS2. Yeah. The life of the PS2 was like from 2000 to, or like 99 to maybe like 2009 like it almost went like a whole decade it might have been longer than that man like they, i know they didn't stop producing the ps2 until like 2012 yeah i think i had it in like in in 2012 yeah so the life of the ps2 was, was like amazing but when you go be, before the ps2 there was so many consoles like there was the sega genesis the sega uh dreamcast game endo you had um GameCube was was kind of in the generation with, with PS2. I think it was a little before, wasn't it? I, I'm I'm not sure. We'll have to we'll have to Google facts that. Yeah. But you need Actually, to I can do that right now. There you go. I can. You're gonna like this feature because I learned how to do the the Zoom Share option. Game when did the GameCube come? I'm gonna out? say 2001. You're gonna say 2001. Yeah. All right. Let's share the screen and see. Can you see this? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me move. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Wow. See. North American November fifth, two thousand one. That is insane. Yeah. When did the PS four PS two come out? Nope. PS two. March fourth, two thousand. Wow. See. That's crazy. Holy shit, dude! It's still selling. Do you see that? It's still selling for six hundred dollars. For real. Go go back go back to that go back to that real quick. Hold on. Look at that. Where it's do you PS2. see that? PS2 oh on the right. God. Holy shit, dude! One hundred and eighty nine dollars from Walmart. Holy shit! <laughs> that is wild. I still have mine. That's insane. Yeah, I gave mine to a like a family when i got my ps3 no i love i love those old games but yeah the the lifespan of of electronics is definitely dying because i mean what the ps3 was like a couple years and the ps4 came out and then now the ps5's out i still have the xbox one i don't oh, yeah that's what i have too yeah it's still good it's still good yeah i really only use it for netflix anymore yeah netflix hulu all them like i play madden like i fuck with madden and Fortnite once in a while when i just want to connect with my friends like my my boys back home i know a lot of people play Warzone and stuff but um like i it it's not like it's like how it used to be i used to grind on the ps3 
and then eventually the Xbox One. I used to grind 2K every day with my, with literally my brother. Like we grinded, we used to get in fist fights about 2K. Like 2K was our lives for so long. I, I was always a Call of Duty up until Warzone, and then I switched to Apex. Mm-hmm. So, like, I played 360, I played Mod 2, the Black yeah. Ops, and all those. And then when I got to PS or Xbox One, I was more Battlefield, and then now it's Apex. Yeah. Battlefield 1 was a, was a beautiful game, and then Battlefield 5 was garbage. So. I never played Battlefield, I don't think. I was really into, like, I was always really into sports games. Um Except I was into Call of Duty Black Ops really heavy uh, on the PS3 when I was in like element middle school, middle school. Um, I was really into Black Ops, Black Ops too. But enough about games. Let's get back to um, reality because we we got in that virtual reality yeah. realm. Um, yeah, so you know, back to what we were talking about, like with you and how like like what you're gonna see in the future. Do you have any like big plans for the summer or anything like that? Uh, be in Vegas a lot, uh, hopefully travel a lot. I mean, I think once my passport's valid, I'm trying to stay out of the States as much as I can. I have people in Australia that I want to go see, uh, you know, just friends and stuff like that, that have, you know, I've linked up online, but they're like, Hey, like, come stay out here. Uh, come, come check it out. Uh, hopefully I can get some type of, get some kind of income going to where I don't have to worry about and everything. Uh, you know, I was working with, I was, really busy this pandemic with some family stuff, just making sure like, you know, some family members were okay. My mom specifically were, were taken care of. And now that they are, um, I think I'm going to just try and figure it out. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't really have any responsibilities here. I don't have, I don't have kids. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have anything. So I have the ability to kind of just take a year or maybe two to f- figure it out, you know, make, go make something of myself um, at least to maybe where I can start a career and, and, or, you know, some, some type of thing that'll give me longevity that I'll feel fulfillment with. Like, yeah, I have my day job and it's in finance, it's in the finance realm and it's, and it's decent, you know, it makes me, it makes me decent money and I have the ability to make more, but it doesn't really fulfill me as a person. Like I'd rather go, I'd rather go off for a year or two and and try to build, build an agency, uh, a creative studio, or, you know, make my art blow up somewhere to where I'm getting a lot of work. Um, I'd rather work on that front than, than anything else, you know? No, definitely. Um, I think you definitely got to follow your passions and follow your heart. You know, like it's, if you hate what you do, not you specifically, but just in general, if you hate what you do and you still do it, what are you doing? Like, honestly, like, like really you have such a finite time on here and I get if you have responsibilities and things like that, but realistically, if you can figure a way out, get the hell out of it. If you hate it, find something you want to do and stick to it, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people aren't fulfilling themselves much, which is kind of, you know, sad. They, I mean, but it, but it also has to do with what, what fulfills people. Some people are okay with working in a nine to five. Some people are okay to, you know, retiring at 65 and then enjoying their life. Some people are okay with, uh, you know, getting married and having kids. And this, that's sometimes that they, that's how they feel fulfilled. You know, not everyone has the same ideologies as you. Um, and one of the biggest things I had to come into terms with, with is with recently is a lot of my friends are okay with being normal. They're okay with getting married at 30, having kids at 32, buying a house at 35, working their job until they're 65 and then retiring. And then that's their life. Some people are 100% okay with that lifestyle. Me, that does not appeal to me at all. Like I don't want to work at the same job until I'm 65 and then call it, call it a day. But I also think it has to do with the way I was raised, the what I've seen, you know, the way jobs are, the way the market has been. There's a lot of factors that go into that where I just don't feel I want to live a normal, what's considered a normal life. And I don't think I live one now. I mean, I take pictures of people for a living and people, there's a lot of people who hate on it. There's a lot of people who love it. There's a lot of people who think it's weird and and that's okay. You know, I'm Mm. totally fine with not being normal at all, but 90% 90% of the people surrounded surrounding you family friends and everything are completely okay and they will completely 100% always question why you are not the way they are man and that's one of the truest things i've ever heard someone say about my life is my parents question especially my dad he questions 
why I am the way I am. And I think it's because I was destined to do things like this and things of, you know, just sociable things, you know, where I'm just loud and I'm just creative and I'm getting people up and I'm getting people positive and I'm getting people listening. Um, yeah. So finding this was, was crazy. Um, and for you, bro, like, I feel like if you have a passion for something, which you do and like, dude, you're always going to have haters if you're good at something, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. One of the coolest things I found, I hope you see this too, is like the supporters, like sometimes people, like I love when people don't owe you shit, especially people you don't even know. And they just reach out and like, Hey, you're really inspiring to me, blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm doing now. And that's one of the coolest things that I've experienced with this is I didn't even ex- expect to have fans, let alone people who like religiously listen to things I say. And th- another thing, don't listen to everything I say. I give good advice once in a while, but I am not like a God, you know, I'm just a person. Um, but it's cool to have people reach out and say that I'm touching their lives and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I put a lot of attention into the people that do support me. I don't put any attention to the people that don't. Uh, I'm really quick on the block button as well. You know, if you want to be invited to my block party, I'll fucking block you all day. I don't give a shit. Um, so that's, that's where I stand on it. You know, you gotta, you gotta always give more energy into the people that support you than the people that don't. So, uh, especially nowadays, you know, if, if friends or family don't really support me, like, they're not paying my bills you know you you if you have if you have a say or want some type of control in my life pay my rent take me to dinner pay my phone bill you know like my mom used to have the biggest problem with what i do but i don't live under her roof and i haven't since i was 16 so she can't really tell me shit yeah you know i and you know family members that i see once a year and they're like why do you do this what's going on and they they ask my mom like are you okay with him taking and and you know eventually my mom got sick of it and she was like what the fuck does it have to do with you you know so they it's all about putting your positive energy in the places where you're going to receive more energy back mm-hmm. at least positive you know People love to stick their noses into things too. It's, 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 people are nosy people, bro. People who, especially when it's like something that's so different, you know, they like to, yeah. what's this? What's this? You know, dude, one of the craziest things, I didn't even know this was a feature. So I have like the unfollow app just cause like, I like to see who blocks me and stuff. But, um, it shows you once in a while, like people who like view your page, like all the time. And like, it'll be like, Oh, buy this and you can see it or try this, you know, whatever. And I'm like, click on it. And there's so many people who don't follow me who stalk my page and just watch my videos all the time. That's weird to me. But, uh, I always just think, I always just think it's like, those are the people who are going out looking this stupid thing he said, and they're just hating because they want to do something and they're hurting in their own life. And so the way they get it out is they hate on other people doing their grind. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big component (laughs) when you're, when you're unsatisfied with your life, you know, misery loves company, you know, and that's, that's just a solid fact. People are miserable in their life. They want you to be miserable. And that's, that's the, that's the thing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and it comes, that's, that's, that was a big thing with like, and that has to do with like relationships and relationships, friendships, whatever. I never go out seeking advice from other people who don't have it better than me. You know, like I would never ask a single friend for advice on my relationship. I would never ask someone who doesn't know how to manage their money, what I should do with my business, you know, because misery loves company. You know, why would I ask someone who's broke, where should I put my money in the stock market? They're not going to know. They're going to fucking want me to gamble that money away Mm because they're fucking miserable. I'm not going to ask my single friend who's just telling me, no, 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 fuck that bitch. Come out with me. Come, come and party with me. No, he's miserable because he doesn't have anyone to do that with. I'm going to go talk to, you know, someone who's in a relationship who should think, hey, me, me and my girl are having this problem. What, what should I do? Because they're going to give me the best advice, mm-hmm. you know, because they're obviously in a happy relationship and they know how to succeed in the happiness. And it goes with everything. If I'm unhappy with fulfilling my life or I don't have direction, what do I do? I should go talk to someone who does have direction, who does know what they're doing, who has a positive outlook on life because they're going to give me the best information that I need. For sure. For sure. Um, I will say this though. There's a place of flaming people who do weird shit. I'm just going to say that right now. There are people who like have like these weird things that they do on like TikTok and, and Instagram and they, and they're like little pretentious. There's a place for flaming those people because they deserve to be flamed. But other than that, if people are on the grind, 
let them be on their grind. But there's a place for flaming people. Well, I think it's because you need you need to check people. Yeah. You know, that's a whole different conversation of checking people because because that that wanting for attention and those people that do weird stuff, that's a form of negativity because they're lacking so much so much attention, whatever their life is, they need they they're lacking so much attention that they need attention that even bad attention is still good is still even bad attention towards them is still a form of attention and they'll take mm-hmm. it. It's yeah. the bad child syndrome. You know, you're not getting enough attention, so you can't get good attention. So let me do something so I can get bad attention. But it's still in the long run, it's still a type of attention that's on me. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. They they fall into that that cringe factor, that wow factor, that they just need some form of attention. They don't care how they get it. They'll just get it anyway. Facts. Well, Adam Cole, thank you again for coming on the show. It's been great, my dude. It's always a pleasure. It's it was fun, man. We always have great conversations. I should just call these episodes tangent time, man. These are <laughs> these are great episodes. I mean, to an extent, my whole show is a tangent, but um, especially me and you, we just get right into it and we just get yeah. flowing. Next time, we'll we'll me and you will we'll plan it a little more. We'll, we'll have like a structure. Maybe we'll I don't it. even think we need to do that because I don't think that's what the people want. I think okay. want to hey, see my show. I'm not going to tell you how to run. Yeah, a podcast. You do you. If you're cool with it, I'm cool with them. I'm definitely cool with it. That's what people want to hear. They want to hear real unedited conversations, especially now. Okay. I did pause it a couple of times. Dog was barking, had to piss. That's different. (laughs) We got right back into it, but yeah. Thank you for coming on as always. Episode 52 with Adam Cole. Did you guys like this episode more than episode 22 with him the first time? If you guys did, you know, I keep on growing. He's going to be on many more times. We're going to do it in person the next time. It's going to be great. If you guys do like this episode, give it a like, share, download. Tell your friends where they need to listen to my show. And go check out Adam Cole and check out his new book. See you guys later. And as always, stay demanding.